Hello and welcome to the pod and an especially big welcome to all the frauds out there, all the imposters, all the people who feel like they're blagging things and might be found out at any moment. So that's pretty much every single one of us at times, right? Yes, this episode of Booth Presents Taboo Talk is all about imposter syndrome. While not an official diagnosable mental health condition, imposter syndrome has been in the news a lot recently. It's characterised by the internal belief that you're not good enough, that you don't belong and that your successes aren't deserved. We're going to get to the bottom of why we often feel like frauds, be it at home, work or with friends and family, and how we can learn to accept that actually we do know what we're doing sometimes. Joining me today is Scarlett Moffat and psychotherapist Gershon Portnoy. Queen of the I'm a Celeb Jungle, Scarlett's wit and warmth first catapulted her to national fame on Channel 4's Gogglebox in 2014. Since then, she's presented lots of TV shows, including her own 10-part series for BBC called Scarlett's Driving School. She's even written a best-selling book as well as hosted and appeared on numerous podcasts. And yet, in the past, Scarlett has sometimes felt like a fraud. Which is where Gershon Portnoy comes in. A psychotherapist, Gershon's work covers everything from anxiety and depression to low self-esteem, work-related issues and what he calls stuckness, which I'm sure will ring a few bells. Before we jump in, I'd like to remind listeners to always visit your GP if you feel like you need mental health support or please see our show notes for further information. Boots Health Hub offers a mental health consultation with a GP via telephone or video. There's also the support room service offering talking therapy as well as a partnership with online CBT service Libby. These services are subject to availability and charges may apply. Right, on with the show. So you have had a unique career because you started out, if I'm right, working the tales in Asda. Yes. And then you got on to Gogglebox. Yeah, so I was at uni at the time doing yeah. like a teaching degree and worked on the checkout at Asda, which absolutely loved. Like, because I love people, so it was the ideal job. Yeah. And then my friend Tommy Turnbull, shout out Tommy, he rang us one day and was like, I've got this job as a researcher for a show called Gogglebox. And I thought he meant like, a science research because yeah. I've never heard the term researcher before I didn't know that was a TV term and he was like you know loads of people so can you like get as a family to audition obviously it sounds rubbish on paper like oh what's the te- well, like what's the show entail oh yeah you just watch telly yeah like no that is the worst sounds like concept. a good job <laughs> yeah it's a good job but it's like the worst telly concept and I remember thinking they literally will make shows about anything yeah, yeah do you yeah. know what I mean <laughs> and then I couldn't find anyone for him so I said oh well you know like I'm sorry mate and he was like well can you and your family not just audition like it'll not go anywhere it's just so it looks like I've done my job properly and then we got the job that's amazing and we got 50 quid and a free pizza and I was like that was it 50 quid a filming day yeah 50 quid each well, yeah, I used to get that. Feel. That's how it starts out. You get 50 quid. Yeah. I didn't get a pizza, though. Free takeaway. Yeah. My dad was like, how are then? We'll do it. <laughs> but did you, like, it's such a massive show. Like, I want to be on Gogglebox. It's such a massive show. It's so fun, it is. Yeah. Did you expect your life to go from that to just, bam, you're like so right in the middle of the public eye? Honestly, I literally was just doing it for the free pizza. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And yeah. like, it was on on a Wednesday night when we we first started so it wasn't that big and then I remember 
it changed into a Friday night um, before Alan Carr's Chatty Man. And it just went massive. And I remember the first time walking through Asda and someone asking for a selfie. And I just felt so weird. I was like, me? Why? And then quickly after that, things just sort of seemed to like, yeah, like I just remember like, Paps and stuff like I remember getting papped on my way to my office job. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. I was like, this isn't right. And I was getting the bus. Do you know what I mean? I was like, oh, I don't want to be papped on the one B. Like, it just... of course you were getting the bus. You were getting fifty quid a day. Yeah, it just didn't <laughs> and seem. Pizza. Yeah, yeah. And pizza. It just didn't seem cool. But yeah, and I think that's why I struggled at the beginning because I wasn't like a stereotypical like. I want to be on the telly person or like what I suppose would fit the aesthetic of a TV person. So I always felt a bit of like a fraud, really, a bit like I'd winged me way into this world that I didn't really exist in. I feel like we all kind of wing our way in somewhere, you know what I mean? But um, so you never wanted to be famous. It just wasn't something that you'd even thought of. No, I just wanted to be a primary school teacher. Like that was the dream. Yeah. And yeah, and like even now, I think most famous people will say, what's the worst thing about being famous? The fame bit. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I absolutely love my job and I love meeting new people and I love that like, but it's a big responsibility sometimes, like feeling like you have influence or that you really have to sort of like think about everything you're doing because yeah. you don't want to like you know, disappoint people. I feel like in a way though, like when I, even when you look at other people's houses on Instagram, I'm like, why does their house look so clean yeah, all the no. time? <laughs> I'm like trying to find a corner in mine, but then you realise, actually they have got loads of crap behind the camera that we're just not <laughs> yeah, seeing. It's like the same thing. Was there a moment for you though when you thought, why am I here? Like, I feel like an imposter. Was there like one moment that you just thought, this isn't, I shouldn't be here? Yeah, I remember doing, um, I'd just done I'm a Celeb, Get Me Out of Here. Yeah. And then... I'd say one. <laughs> no, I don't like saying that because I sound like a bigot. Um, and then got offered to present backstage at the NTAs. And I remember just interviewing people and just thinking like, <laughs> what am I do? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, a bit like an out-of-body experience. Like, it was almost as if I was like, just slightly next to myself. Yeah. And I remember um, I couldn't walk in the heels they'd give us. So I wore my tiger slippers. And I remember like meeting Mary Berry in these tiger slippers, just like, <laughs> what is me life? Like, what is happening here? <laughs> I think that's one of your pulls with people, though. That's why people kind of love you. I just, I don't think you take yourself too seriously. No. But maybe it's because you just couldn't believe you were there. <laughs> but do you think those kind of thoughts, though, affected your behavior? Like, did you ever turn down work because you just felt like, nah, I shouldn't be doing that? I think I went the opposite way and I just said yes to everything because I almost felt as if I didn't have the right to say no. So I think especially in the beginning, I sort of like, I remember maybe for about eight months not really having a day off. Do you know what I mean? Like I was just like, and I was absolutely shattered and exhausted, but I just thought, I don't know when this is going to end. I can't take it for granted. So, you know, being brave and saying no is something I've really had to like work on and it's only I would say in the last two years actually after COVID like I felt like actually no like I'm allowed to say no and and that doesn't mean that I'm a bad person or I'm you know taking it for granted it just means that I'm looking after myself because yeah. that's really important you can't get burnt out. No you definitely need some time off. Kirsten does this sound familiar to you? I mean it sounds really familiar. Not a, It's not like a mental 
health issue no. or anything like that. It's not diagnosable. It's not diagnosable. That's right. It was actually, it was two American psychologists in the 1970s who sort of coined this uh, imposter syndrome phrase because they found that people, people who are really high achieving experience exactly those, those feelings like you did when you were a teacher. Like, am I, you know, am I really good enough? Should I be doing this? How, you know, am I, am I uh, qualified to do this even, even though you would be? Yeah. Um, and I think these days it's sort of spread out more. It's not just about high achievers. It's about anybody. And we're all born with it because it's kind of just about doubt. It's about being in often new situations. So often we'll all experience it in uh, significant moments in life. So that's, that's a really good example, being a teacher. So you've gone into a new job for the first time and you're thinking thoughts that probably all of us have, which is, whoa, you know, I'm in a classroom full of kids like... Why am I here again? Exactly. exactly. Yeah, you know, if it's the last place I want to be right now. But also, you know, even though you might have done the exams, the facts are you've done the qualifications, you've done your work, you can be a teacher, and somebody's given you the job, so obviously you're good enough. But even at that moment, that's not enough because the doubt has taken over. And it's so common. So, that you know, there's there's lots of situations like that that we might find ourselves in in life. For, For example... People who become parents for the first time will often experience that. Like, you know, you, you suddenly you're responsible for this tiny little baby and you're looking around and thinking, oh, my goodness me, like, you know, how, how can I do this? Uh, it's, it's the doubt, again, that creeps in at that moment. And, and I think that, uh, as I would say, I think it affects everybody. And I don't think and anybody who says they've never had that sort of feeling, yeah. I'm telling you right now, they're not being completely honest. <laughs> so is But I know you're saying it affects everybody. I, I honestly don't think it would affect my husband. Like... I feel like he is just so, you, you know, he's so self-assured. I can't imagine him ever feeling like I shouldn't be here. <laughs> like, but back to um, what would the characteristics be of somebody who has imposter syndrome? Like what would they usually so, be like? There's quite a few traits that that would characterise imposter syndrome. And I'm not saying that necessarily you would have them all, but you might have some of them. And Again, I think the important thing to say is that some of this could be momentary. So like if there is, you know, the moments like you were talking about, Scarlett, that you experienced, that at that point you sort of feel a bit like an imposter. But then there are obviously cases where people might feel like this all the time, where they're surrounded by negativity and doubt all the time, which is obviously a slightly different experience. But I think, so for example, finding it difficult to accept praise, to accept compliments would be would be a trait. Also, downplaying success is a classic kind of imposter syndrome trait because you're almost sort of not accepting what you've done, your own success. So people will ask you a question like, you know, you've been really successful in business, for example, or, or at work or whatever it is. And you'll go, oh, you know, it was, it was sort of right place, right time, or it was just a little bit of luck. You know, you, yeah. you hear people say that all yeah. the time. Yeah. Now, what's that about? If you yeah. think about it, you know, what, why, why are you downplaying it? Now, I'm not saying that everybody who's humble also has imposter syndrome because, of course, there is, you know, there's a place for humility, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But equally, like, if, if you sort of add that into the mix, that's something to look out for as well. And also people that have really high expectations of themselves. It's another really strong imposter syndrome trait because almost, they've almost got impossibly high expectations. So in a way, nothing can be good enough. So you're sort of setting yourself up to fail in a way and you're kind of setting yourself up to kind of think, oh, I'm no good at this or that or whatever, what, you know, whatever it may be. So yeah, essentially th- those are, are some of the traits. Also being very self-critical as well. If you're really kind of over the top critical about, about yourself, you know, again, whether it's, you know, at work or in, in life in general or in relationships, whatever it is, if you're kind of giving yourself a really hard time, that can also be a sort of symptom that, that perhaps you're not sort of feeling, you're surrounded by a lot of doubt and you're not feeling that great about yourself. And maybe you're feeling like a bit of an imposter at whatever the, the thing may be. 
Scarlett, does that sound familiar to you? Yeah, definitely. I feel like you've just described what I thought were personality traits six years ago. <laughs> like, I thought that was just my personality traits. But no, you're right. And like, even there when you were saying, like, I felt like even six years ago, I couldn't even like accept anybody like fancying me for me or loving me for me. So it would actually even affect relationships, I suppose, because I'd be like, oh, well, I don't, not that I would not think I deserve love, but I would maybe think, oh, maybe the only with me because I'm on the TV, they can't really like me for me. What have I got to offer? When yeah. actually I'm hilarious. Yeah. Like, <laughs> exactly. Now I'm like, well, why wouldn't they exactly. want to be with us? You're bringing so much to the party, right? <laughs> yeah. But definitely like, yeah, six years ago. And like, and I feel for anyone who like does suffer with imposter syndrome because sometimes it can really affect actual things that you've accomplished, you know, you feel like, and that's one way that I, one thing that I've used to actually get over this is by praising myself, by actually going, that was really good, Scarlett, even if it's internally. Yeah. Like, I think it's really important that when we do something good to go, that was really good, well done. I think that's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. That's absolutely brilliant. It's great. I mean, it's great advice because you're, you're right. So often we don't celebrate our successes, even if it's just internally, like yeah. you say. And, and I think that's so important because that you can just let things go by and not even acknowledge Just even them. have a little celebration, as you said, just to be like, well, I did a good job there. Like, I'm happy yeah. with myself. Doesn't that, don't have to get party poppers out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 like, yeah absolutely Well not. done, you. <laughs> well, time and a place for party poppers, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Scott, you're a Samaritans ambassador because of your own experience calling the helpline. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, like this is something I'm so proud of. This is actually my biggest accomplishment to date. I love that. What a, 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 and a, a great ambassadorship role. Yeah, like yeah. I just think Samaritans help so many people and, and me included, you know. So I, like for it to come full circle and then me be able to talk about it and because you know there was a time when I didn't think I'd be able to talk about where I didn't think that I would ever feel in a good enough place to talk about like my past troubles but like I'm just so thankful for them like I remember really just worrying about everything everyone's opinion you know like I say paps and stuff were like really new to me and people having an opinion and I think I was really naive thinking out you know straight after I'm a celeb and doing Saturday night takeaway that I'd be able to just walk my dog yeah, do you know what I mean yeah, I think yeah. I was a little bit like and and then when I'm papped and it wasn't all necessarily nice stuff I just didn't really want to leave the house and I remember cancelling work actually for a couple of weeks and just and my parents ringing me and my friends and because everyone was so happy that and thought I was living the dream I didn't want to shatter their bubble and I didn't want to be a burden so I just was like yeah I'm really busy now I'm off to work like and I just wasn't like You're I was just staying just, at home yeah and I remember going to the door a few times and like just not being able to open the door and so that's when I called Samaritans and they were just so helpful and it just let me realize that like and I remember giving a pseudonym of Charlotte Muffin because so, like, I didn't want to say my name. And um, and like, and I rang a couple of times and yeah, they just really, really helped me put things into perspective. I mean, they, they just listen essentially, but that can be so helpful in those times, you know, like, and because it also gives you time to not be threatened, but to actually think, well, 
is the things that I can do to help how I'm feeling, which is like, which is really, really helpful. So yeah, I actually messaged Samaritan saying, look, you've really helped me. If there's anything I can ever do to help, let us know. And then this ambassador role came up. So I I was so happy. Yeah. But it's amazing for people to just have a soundboard like that, just to have somebody else. You'd be surprised how much better you feel about a situation when you just have somebody to talk to. With your situation, though, staying indoors and stuff like that, was that because you just felt like you were getting so much online trolling and you'd rather not be out in the public or be papped I think I just saw if I stayed in then people couldn't have an opinion because there was nothing to have an opinion on but for me like what happened is why that basically I got a letter through the door and someone had spent a lot of time like cutting out articles that weren't particularly nice about me and then it sent me a long letter and it was a parent actually and they said my uh, daughter's the same age as you and she's went to um see you at school and you've basically got opportunities that she should have got and like you're not worthy and yeah and I remember feeling really really sad about it that someone had went out of the way to do all that and when you're not in a good mood anyway with yourself you know when you're doubting yourself anyway and you know it was such a huge change like all of a sudden being on the telly and people knowing who you are and moving to London on my own you know I was bound to feel a little bit fragile and vulnerable and I think that letter just really set me off it's awful because it's it's almost kind of confirming your worst fears in a way isn't it because like you're already in this slightly negative frame of mind surrounded by doubts and not feeling great about yourself and then suddenly to you know experience that it's, it's just also so awful. psychotic of that person like well, imagine look, spending yeah. your time doing something like that now I look back and think oh they they also weren't okay because I've never wanted to project that much hate on someone yeah and I think if I had a return address I'd probably send them the number for Samaritans and say like it's going to be all right it's going to be fine like this yeah. isn't the way I think vent. a lot of it stems from jealousy as well whereas you would think that people like she thinks that you're stealing her opportunity but like the fact of the matter is you could have been on Gogglebox and no one might have looked at you at all but that yeah. but they did because of your personality and because of the way you were and you'd every right to be there and then it turns out you're a good presenter as well so people but also there's <laughs> enough space in the world for everyone to yeah. achieve what they want to achieve but yeah. I think looking back at that and compared to now I used to think that self-care and things like that were a little bit hippy-dippy yeah. whereas I've realised now that actually working on yourself you then almost become invincible to to people being nasty because you know, oh, well, actually, I'm a kind person and I'm caring and I'm... Th- and, like, you start to see the positives in yourself rather than just go, oh, right, well, yeah, like... I'm a bit tubby or on this, but like you start to actually go, right, well, I'm them things, but also I'm all these good things. If you, yeah, if you keep speaking to yourself in a certain way, that's the way you'll feel about yeah. yourself. Did you ever find, I think comparison obviously is the thief of joy, but did you find you compared yourself to other people? Yeah, then I had a really simple way of getting over that. I just like didn't follow those people on Instagram anymore. Yeah, it's literally, are, yeah, it? it's almost like we hit self-destruct and we just like go, oh, this person looks absolutely perfect. Yeah, I'll wake up and the first thing I'll do is check their Instagram. Why would it's, we do it's that? It's almost like a hate follow, but yeah. you don't hate them. You're just like, oh, like it doesn't bring you any... I, I actually unfollowed somebody yesterday because I was like... They're just annoying me. Like, it's uh, why am I following them? They're annoying. So then you just stop following them. And guess what? They don't annoy you anymore. Yeah. Imagine how many people we annoy. Yeah. <laughs> stop following us. <laughs> 
when you're in the public eye, especially as a woman, you don't get, you don't, and this is actually true, you don't get much feedback from your boss or your colleague, colleagues. You kind of get it from every single other person. How do you manage that? I find it so annoying. Yeah. <laughs> what, what does she even do? Well. <laughs> yeah, I think as well for me, with like, obviously there's not, I'm not saying there's a northern southern divide, but I think especially me coming in from the north and being quite like work and class and coming into a situation at work where a lot of people are like from the south and you know like and sort of have maybe been privately educated like which is great but it makes you even more feel like you don't deserve to be there because you're like like you don't belong yeah you know and it's really hard and like I'd have conversations with people and I just think we're just from different worlds and and maybe I don't belong in this world you know and so I feel like about my husband sometimes (laughs) (laughs) who are you (laughs) I always remember talking to Jamie Lang actually about um about school and saying I remember when um this lad literally broke his arm and the dinner nannies give him wet paper towels and like and he said I remember when I once forgot my inhaler and my dad had to helicopter it to me and I was like no Jamie this is different those are very different worlds aren't they slightly different yeah Yeah. but it's that sort of you know and like it doesn't mean one person is better than another person or because you know like it just it's just hard sometimes like you know it's just hard do you think like anxiety, like you know the way you have your physical symptoms of anxiety? Um, do you think it could be the same when you have imposter syndrome? Like, would you would you get some physical symptoms? Yeah, well, I think I think the two are, are directly connected because I think what happens is is that imposter syndrome, you know, as I was saying before, it's really about doubt. It's about having lots of self doubt, uh, which sort of rises to the surface, and then you know the facts that we were talking about. You know, see so the actual facts of the matter. You are a teacher, or you are a perfectly competent TV presenter, or whatever it may be. They kind of go out the window. You're not even thinking about that, and you're surrounded by the doubt. Okay, and what happens is that if the doubt becomes too much, you can actually start to feel quite anxious about it. That can definitely trigger some anxiety. And obviously, we know about the physical symptoms of anxiety. So you might feel it in your stomach. You might feel your heart rate, you know, soaring. Those are the kind of symptoms that you would expect to feel from anxiety. And that can definitely be a result of imposter syndrome. And of course, you know, that, that you don't have to sort of suffer with that. But, you know, there are things that you can do about that, of course. You know, we know about there's, you know, breathing exercises, mindfulness apps that can really help with symptoms of anxiety. And even if, it, you know, if it not got to the stage where you're feeling anxious, but if you are sort of feeling in quite a negative spiral, they're not bad things to do as well, yeah. to sort of just take some time out and, and you know, just maybe focus on on your breathing, sense yourself, that kind of stuff, which, as you say, Scarlett, might have been a bit hippy-dippy a yeah. few years ago, but actually it's, it's, it is it's tried really and tested. It's really helpful. Like, yeah, it just when, yeah, when you're not used to like, you know, none of my family are like meditators, you know what I mean? No, I'm not <laughs> like, a meditator. My dad's no. a fabrication welder. Like, I just can't <laughs> imagine him like getting a rug out and sitting meditating. But it does really help. And even yeah. my dad now, like, does, does all that. Yeah, and it's so helpful. Like, it just lets your mind re- like reset, doesn't it? Yeah, and, and I don't even think it needs to be, like you say, you know. Oh, the, we don't the, get a rug out. We don't have exactly, a special Exactly, we all family <laughs> meditate, yeah. But, you know, things, things that we do can be meditative. So, for example, if you say, you know, take some time out of your day to go for a walk for half an hour that's you know, what I do that, yeah exactly now that, that is a very meditative thing to do so we think about meditating and like you say you know we all sit down and I like, get the mat out yeah, and yeah, yeah. you know get the right soundtrack <laughs> and on the little and off we go but you know that isn't for everyone let's be honest yeah. it, it really isn't for I everyone I see people doing sand baths and drinking cacao and I'm like that's just not my it's not my vibe no 
No, and, and, and it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be for everyone because yeah. we're all different, right? Yeah. And, you know, for some people, like you say, it might be going going for a walk, as we were just saying, or it might be something else, but it's it's something that at least kind of grounds you yeah. and gives you just that space uh, that might help, you know, whatever's going on in your day. You know, like I say, if there is a bit of negativity going around, it might just help, you know, at least keep it at bay, if not sort of hopefully break that sort of spiral that you might be experiencing. Yeah. Going for a walk can help so many things. Yeah, it just cl- it clears your head yeah. so much. Just to have that like headspace where you're not sitting in front of a screen, you don't have anyone else around you. Like I hate spending time on my own, but I do feel like the odd time I like going for a walk on my own, it just like completely clears your head. I love it. Yeah. yeah. Especially if you're alone as well. Like you say, going for a walk on your own. I mean, look, I'm yeah. not saying we shouldn't go for a walk with friends, family, loved ones, whatever it is, but I, I think it's also important that you you are with yourself. Yeah. Uh, because I think that makes an enormous difference because you're creating space for yourself. And what about listeners who are struggling with um, imposter syndrome? Both of you can answer this actually. What what tips would you give them? I mean, for me, like obviously I can only go off my own experiences and I'm not an expert. But I think like just rewarding yourself, like acknowledging that, you know, you've done something good or that you've actually, even if you have got those feelings like I can't do it and you've done it you should be really proud of yourself you know like I think that's also like a really good thing because sometimes that can be the hardest thing in the world is even just getting through the day when something in your brain is like you can't do this and I think as well trying it's really hard but try not to compare yourself to everybody all of the time and just like, I know this sounds silly, but also acknowledging that it's fine to feel a little bit nervous and a little bit like, oh, I, like, am I going to be able to do this? Because sometimes that's actually a healthy feeling is, you know, it shows that you care. And so sometimes I try and remind myself like, OK, is this actually imposter syndrome or is this actually me just feeling nervous because I'm about to do live TV? And that's a perfectly normal response. So it's about understanding those as well, like actually going, oh, yeah, that's fine. I'm allowed to feel a little bit like that. And that's honestly like changed my whole life I know it sounds dramatic but like I just like I'm very happy now and don't really care you know I don't and I think because I'm happy I don't compare myself as much because you know there's always going to be someone funnier and prettier and so you just be you yeah you know Exactly. Great, I great think advice. yeah, I think with age as well it comes for people like you just kind of as you said you just don't care in the nicest oh, way I hit possible. I and I was like why am I even bothered? Like <laughs> never mind do they like me? Do I like them? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like that really flips in your head where you're like I don't even know if yeah. I like you actually sometimes. Yeah, if somebody sends you something abusive or I mean she just be like well I don't like you either actually. <laughs> yeah. You're not nice. <laughs> I think yeah, I mean look it's actually great advice and I think it's obviously work, worked for you so that's you know it's tried and tested I mean I can't, yeah. don't think anybody listening could ask for anything more than that uh, but you're, you're absolutely right I think acknowledging what's going on you know is so important like you say like you know that moment that you're suddenly feeling a bit nervous it, you know maybe it is a bit of imposter syndrome and you don't feel that you could do that live TV or maybe it's just nerves in a way it doesn't matter what it is is acknowledge what is going on that you're just you're not you know you're feeling a bit you know, nervous, you're doubting yourself a bit. If you can acknowledge that, I think it's huge because you're sort of saying, right, okay, this is happening. Okay. Yeah. Because you can sort of, you know, pl- try and plough on and, 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 and like, you know, you, the, the, the more you do that, the worse you're going to make it. So th- I think that's a, that's a really important thing for anybody listening. Acknowledge what you're feeling, really important. Also, like you said, you know, avoid comparisons. I think that's really key. And if you can, 
you know, not everybody's always in a position where they can do that. But if you can talk to somebody, I don't mean necessarily go and talk to a, you know, a therapist or whatever, just like, you know, a friend, family, colleague, whatever, whoever it may be. If you can talk to someone about how you're feeling, I think it can be huge as well. It can really, really help. And the other thing I would say is, you know, and I've been sort of banging on about this the whole podcast, so apologies for that. But these are doubts, imposter syndrome are doubts, and they're just it's the moment when doubts replace facts. So if you can take a second, and I know it's not always easy, especially if you're stuck in a bit of a negative loop, yeah. If you can take a second to try and challenge those doubts with the facts. So let's say, you know, let's going to put you back in that classroom again, Scarlett, sorry. But, you know, at that point you say, you know what, I am a teacher. I am, I should be here. And it's, it's, it's okay, you know, those are the facts. Yes, I'm a bit nervous about it. Understandably, why wouldn't you be? It's the first time you've done that. But if you can sort of challenge those, those doubts with the facts, I think it can also have a really uh, positive impact. Definitely. And it's nice to think that like a lot of people feel the same way about themselves. So you're not alone and everyone has the doubts. Just get the doubts out of your mind. Absolutely. That's it. Yeah. I mean, this, this, we're talking about something that is very, very common in, in its kind of basic form. You know, like I say before, you know, people live with like quite sort of severe kind of doubts and negativity a lot of the time. And I think that's a bit different. What we're talking about is these momentary sort of feelings where you are, you do feel like an imposter at certain times in life. And it is, it's so normal and it's so common. And I, and I think everyone sort of should remember that because I think in, in itself that can be a bit of a comfort as well. Well, thank you both very much. Oh, thank I you. I feel very positive after I talking do, to you. I do, you know. Yeah. I feel like I can conquer the world Let's, now. Exactly. Let's go out and change the world. I agree. <laughs> thank you, guys. Thank you. Huge thanks to both Scarlett Moffat and Gershon Portnoy. I really think that what we've spoken about today will affect nearly everyone at some point. And so hopefully we'll have struck a chord with a lot of listeners. It's reassuring to remember that while some people may look like they're nailing life on Instagram or TikTok, actually everyone's got their own insecurities and are battling self-doubts. While that's not positive in itself, it will hopefully make people feel less alone. If you feel like you need some extra support, please do visit your GP. Also, check out our show notes for further information on available support. Boots Health Hub offers a mental health consultation with a GP via telephone or video. There's also the support room service offering talking therapy as well as a partnership with online CBT service Livy. These services are subject to availability and charges may apply. As always, if you enjoyed today's episode, please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. Thank you and see you very soon.